Bid Clips presents Today in Trades, all things sales, technology, and success for entrepreneurs in the home and business service industry. I'm your host, Jim Evans. Hey, everybody. Jim here with Today in Trades. We're excited to be back. It's been a while since we've done a podcast. Um, I've got my co-host, producer, and guy that keeps me from rambling on, Caleb, with us. Caleb, how are you? I'm great, Jim. Thanks for having me. Um, Caleb's got some cool stuff dialed up for this week's podcast that I'm really excited about. Caleb, what do you have for us? What are we going to talk about? Well, I'm going to go ahead and take the reins here. So we're going to talk about the five things that successful shops do that others don't. We did have one previous recording of this. Uh, Jim, Jim, did you want to speak to that? Uh, it was a dumpster fire. You know, we, we went through <laughs> it and it failed. And I was listening to it. I said, you know, my, like my grandpa would be the only one that would listen to this. So we went ahead and just scrapped it, threw it away. We're not going to do this podcast if it doesn't bring you value and entertainment. So this is our second go. If it's terrible, just, you know, email us and tell us how bad it is. We're committed to the quality. So that's the important thing. So let's just roll right into this first topic here. Uh, our first section here is on virtual service requests. Um, so we talk about the fact that highly successful shops um, offer the ability of customers and their inside service representatives to upload information prior to sending technicians out. This has really made a difference in my day-to-day activities. Yeah, thanks to the little plug to BidClips there. They are our sponsor. We're excited to be made possible by BidClips. So go check check out the technology if you haven't seen it. But this podcast isn't about that. It's actually about service requests in general. This is an interesting topic. Uh, service requests is that first uh, encounter with the customer. Most customers call us on the phone, right, or they might fill out a, a web form. So often it's just first name, last name, address. We don't know what we're walking into. There are technologies out there like BidClips and others that will allow you to capture some stronger first impression. Things like how high up is the window? Is it a leaky faucet or is my entire basement flooding? If you don't have a good system to capture the details right away, we're really setting up our technicians for failure in the field. So uh, one of the things that our winning shops are doing, they're capturing all of the details up front. They're giving customers the ability to put pictures in to tell us what we're walking into so that we can service them better. Great. Really well well said, and, and, and I think it's an important one, especially with the way the industry's moving. We're trying to modernize a little bit. Um, it's really just more realistic to expect people to use the internet really anymore, right? Very few people even call, talk on the phone. Um, let's transition into the second point that we're talking about, which is increased cash flow and technician productivity. Um, so our big, our big start to this is you are not a bank, right? So why are we floating customers' money for um, 30, 60, 90 days even, right? This isn't a great plan for a business to be successful. Yeah, I think this is absolutely ludicrous. I think that we're archaic and old fashioned that we still just send bills to customers. I mean, my, nobody does that anymore. My, my pizza man charges us, Uber charges, people are ready to pay us. And right now, for example, Caleb, on my desk at my house, I only have three bills that I have to actually write a check and mail in. My, my, I have one for my my water softener, I have one for my um, landscaping guy, and I have one for my plumber. And they all have to send me a check. Some of them did the service like three months ago. I just got a bill like last week. It is cumbersome. And just today, earlier on this call, I'll leave it nameless, but I called a guy working on my boat, and I was like, hey, I'll give you a credit card right now. He's like, I don't want to pay the, the 6%. I'll just send you a bill. And I'm like... All right. Well, I, I mean, what's $6 to get paid right now today and cover yourself? So I think it's time for us to talk about cash flow that way a little better. 
Well, and I mean, even my shops that I work with, very few shops even take checks anymore, right? Checks have phased out really in the last five to 10 years. So these companies that are sending paper bills that expect, I mean, other than, you know, my grandma's age, who sends checks anymore? It's all electronic payment. You're absolutely right, Caleb. You just there are plenty of technologies out there, everybody, big clips included, where you your customers are willing to pay you up front. Many customers we're seeing at shops are paying in-home consultations. Customers are giving us deposits. In fact, we've sent some big estimates. We ask for half down after we've been to the house. Customers just pay the full thing before we've even ordered glass in some of our shops. So it's time to really dive into what that can do for you um, and watch how that helps you. There's nothing better than being able to pay your technician's payroll and not have to wait two weeks after you've already paid for your product, your materials, et cetera. So uh, I can't hammer this enough that if you want a young, successful business, if you want to be like some of these shops, cash flow is king. You can invest that money. You can buy more vans, advertising, you take care of yourself. You don't have to go chasing money. In terms of technician productivity, I have some technicians that I deal with um, on a day-to-day basis with the shops that I'm involved in that uh, just kind of create their schedule however they want. So there's no ownership. There's just no oversight, really, um, in terms of that particular aspect of this job. And it just doesn't lead to productive productive techs. Yeah, you know, this is a tough topic, and I can get lynched on any side of it. And being a technician for a lot of years, I'm going to tell you... Um, we don't know what we don't know. You know, I don't think it's intentional that sometimes the technicians could be in pro- If I brought a bunch of techs on this podcast, they'd have plenty of reasons why they're not productive because of the office and the owner. If I brought owners on the podcast, there's lots of reasons. Here's what we do know. You got to know your numbers. You have to know how productive your technicians are. So what I always encourage shops and our, our shops who are winning, they know a number that's important. One of my old mentors taught me that this is one of the most important numbers in a service business. It is your technician revenue per labor hour. Now, a lot of you are like, what? I don't do math. I put in windows. I install. I I wash windows. I install glass. I I do pipe a plumber. I'm not a math guy. Okay, let's calm down. This is how easy this math equation is to do. If you take the last two weeks or month of your company, just take the total number of hours that your technicians worked, which you can go find in your payroll or your time clock. Take the total number of hours. Take the sales that you invoiced divide it by that number. That will give you how much in sales your technicians did by the hour. That's a really good starting point that many of us don't ever even look at, A, because we're afraid to look at it, B, we didn't even know till this podcast, and C, we just don't want to lose our technicians, so we don't really care. Well, those all three aren't really good reasons because it's a great conversation starter to make sure that you are keeping them organized, that they are keeping themselves organized. Really healthy companies, um, at least in most industries, really shoot to be at least at 90 to $100 per technician labor hour. You're, I know that, you're, of course, you're like, well, geez, that's a lot of money at first. Well, they have to pay for the secretary, they have to pay for all the people that are supporting them. They have to pay for the time they're not working. So that's actually not hard to achieve. We're seeing some of our users are upwards of 200 230 per technician hour. Well, now you can actually get nicer vans. You can pay your technicians more money. You can hire support staff to help them. If your surgeon is producing at high numbers, the office staff and the company is healthy. How many technicians that you've met, Jim, don't want to be busy, right? They want to have stuff to do. They want to have job to job, right? It makes the company more profitable. It makes them more productive. And we all want to feel more productive in our day to day. 
myself included, I want to know that I can get to my full capacity when I'm on the job. But yeah, granted, sometimes you need to take a little bit of a break. You need to be real when you're working. But there's nothing worse than going back and chasing estimates, going back for free stuff, dropping the ball, not being organized, not getting basic communication, driving back for a ladder. This is not the technician's fault in so many cases. It's often the fault that we don't talk about that number. And I encourage you all to bring your technicians into that number. Reward them when they hit it. Make them proud of getting stuff done efficiently and right the first time. Because as you know, if they go back a second time, their number decreases because you're not charging for sales for the second time. So they will be encouraged to try to get it done right the first time. Very good topic. That one right there is probably the best one for the winners versus the losers. And yes, I'm sorry, some of us out here right now, we're losing. You're busy, we're busy doing work, but we're not making money, our technicians aren't healthy and happy, we're not doing a good job. So we hope you take that away. Look forward to future episodes on that topic. We are gonna talk more about technician productivity in the weeks to come. Um, let's move right into our third point, which is interactive estimates. I mean, a lot of you are still sending paper estimates, right? We've talked about that and how really archaic that is in today's society. There's a lot of technical jargon involved in these things, which the average person, myself included in this, doesn't know, right? If, if I'm looking through an estimate that has 40% words that don't really resonate to someone like me, why am I spending my time reading that? Awesome, uh, awesome point, Caleb. First of all, let's talk about the loser companies. Uh, some of you listening are those. Let's talk about it because we can get better. First of all, losing companies don't even give an estimate. They just do it over the phone, hang up. They throw the yell at hey about 200 bucks hang up okay then i asked these companies what's your closing ratio how many leads did you have last year how's your marketing working i don't really know i'm so i'm, I'm so busy and i'm like you don't know how you know how man i would hate well, i would hate to want to hire another technician or grow my company if i don't actually know how many people are shopping so first of all cut that out if you're not giving an estimate at all step one send your estimates send your bids earn people's business Show them what you're going to do. Now, to the second point, more importantly, the winning companies. Winning companies don't rely any longer on the QuickBooks, just stereotypical little piece of paper. And sometimes it's like $4,000. I had an estimate on my on my basement um, crawl space, Caleb. It was a re... Uh, um, they were... There was a radon mitigation. They had the, we had the paper down. It was a restoration company. And the guy, uh, they sent it to me. It's like $5,200. Okay, Jeez. which is to be expected. It's a big, big right. crawl space, sure. right? But the boldest, biggest thing on there was must accept half payment up front and then a whole bunch of stuff about what could probably go wrong. And I was like, this does not make me real excited to pay the equivalent of a small car to have my house fixed. It didn't tell me if I can trust them. Didn't tell me if they were going to rob us dry. Do they have they ever done work before? Do they have how long have they been in my city? None of those things were on that estimate. And of course, I'm sure he's like, well, I'm sure Jim didn't just, just went somewhere else. No, I didn't go anywhere yet. I haven't found somebody I trust. So let's talk about the winners. That's what everyone's listening for. The winners are sending interactive estimates. I know you're like, what, what's an interactive estimate? What does that even mean? Well, like Amazon, right? You get to see your little pictures. You get to read reviews. You get to be educated. And then in the top right, it's book now. That's, that's a modern way to shop. Same with food, right? Grubhub, DoorDash. A lot of you listening, think about the companies just 10 years ago. Did they think that people would just buy through the internet and have a pizza to show up without calling? Did they think that did hotels think that um, you could just stay in a stranger's house and pay them? That our world is changing. But here's the thing, everybody. Listen, service industry 
is not changing fast enough. We've done it that way for years. It's only going to work for maybe another few years. Customers are demanding the ability to see more. They don't want to call you, by the way, because you don't even answer your phones, most of you. They, a lot of times, we don't, we're not in a good mood because the jobs go wrong and then we're, we're maybe just not presenting ourselves well. And owners on this podcast, don't you want your message for your company to be the same all the time? So I really encourage you to use interactive estimates, use a better tool, make sure that when your customers encounter your shop, or the spouse of the customer encounters the shop, that they get a better quality estimate that has a lot more purpose to it. Just to, just to sort of add to that point, Jim, in terms of business sense, right? Doesn't it make sense to follow the path of the successful people in this industry? And not even just in industries, right? We can all look at Amazon, and especially in this time of this pandemic, right, of 2020, um, and see how much they've expanded in this time. So. Really, and I mean, it sounds bad to say let's emulate Amazon, right? But look at successful businesses, look at opportunities that they've taken to grow, really, and to modernize and and implement that in your own businesses. Our goal of, of service companies is to serve our customers. That's what the customer wants. That's what they expect. That's what we need to give them. Now, I want to be fair. No one knows the interactive estimates even exist until response bid. BidClips and companies have started to develop this concept. BidClips is on the leading edge of it. A shout out, they're our sponsor. There, I think, Caleb, be fair to the industry. We haven't had the tools until this year. And the tools are out there, everybody. So let's start using them and let's make things easier. That will make you better busy and more effective and not sit there just answering calls and chasing people around and, you know, et cetera. So, yeah, good point. And take deposits too, right? We talked about that. Get the money down so that we're not sending technicians out there to just come back empty-handed, right? Yeah, our winning shops are collecting deposits through the program after hours, early in the morning, on the weekends, because they make it easier for their customers to click pay now, add your payment, and then it's and it's off your to-do list. Beautiful. Number four on this list is automated follow-ups. So this has really made an impact in my day-to-day life as well. Typically, how many people like to answer the phone anymore, right? That's a big thing that's really changed in our industry. People, um, in my age group, especially 20s and 30s, just really don't like to answer the phone, right? We like to send a text. We like to answer an email. That's just less personal. It's less to think about, right, in terms of conversation. Um, So those automated follow-ups really make a difference, right? No matter if that's you sending those follow-ups or you receiving the follow-ups. A nice text message to remind you that you haven't looked at your bid in a couple days is a lot nicer than someone ringing you, maybe from a number you don't recognize, asking you if you've even had a chance to look, right? Much better to just send that quick estimate. We're all really busy. Okay, you guys, we work in the hands. All I'm going to say to this one is this technology exists. Again, it's in big clips. It's in others. If your follow-ups aren't following up on their own, you're really missing an opportunity. So just uh, look into that. Reach out to us if you have questions about that. Um, It's a must in 2021. My guys on my team constantly are like, should I call the person or maybe I send them a quick message? I'm like, you know, whatever you feel like doing, you're the one who interacted with the person. But nine times out of ten, why not send them a message? Well, and when your people aren't feeling it, the program always feels it because it's automated. They should get those automated check-ins. Absolutely. Okay. And number five, the last one, we're we're already here. So um, increase customer satisfaction through better communication. So we're not making them answer the phone, which we already talked about with the automated follow-ups, right? But how do we um, really increase that satisfaction? And also just how do we communicate better with people? What are the more modern ways that we can really change that? Yeah, this is a great topic, Caleb. Um, first of all, when my aunts and my grandmother can upload like 
Instagram videos and direct message us sometimes. We're in a world where communication has many, many channels. You have text, you have email, you have chat, you have all this different stuff. And what happens is they get lost in these channels. It's like pipes. There are tools out there. You know, Big Clips is one of them. I know Jobber, Service Titan, different companies have them. But the tool to have a multi-channel communication, meaning all your communication goes into one spot, allows your whole team to see what was said without having to go digging. So that technology exists and it's and I encourage all of you to look into it because you really want to be able to know what I want to know what Caleb said to a customer in case he's off tomorrow and the customer calls me and has some questions. Like he said earlier, you know, most of you aren't answering your phones. Um, not not your fault all the time, but it just we're not answering our phones, which is pathetic. But also we don't have we're not making it easy for customers to just message us. Some tools um, have the ability to just work inside their website and like a widget. Other tools collaborate them together. There's all sorts of solutions, but if you're not making it easy to communicate to your customers, and more importantly, if your customers don't receive an email and a text message and a call when you send them a bid, then they're not you might think that's too much, but that's just normal. Amazon sends me multiple emails a day. Companies, big companies are always in touch with us. They're always making it easy to communicate. So that's my little rant for now, Caleb, is that I can't hammer communication enough. Absolutely. Everybody who runs a business who even is in, in this industry or in the service industries has a he said, he said she said moment, right? Um, I, in particular, one example recently, uh, had a phone call with one of my team members. Um, this woman called my team member first, referenced the owner of the company um, of that particular location, uh, and that he had offered them a discount. So uh, my team, my team member didn't know what that discount was going to be, and she called back later and got me. And I explained to her uh, what the discount was going to be as far as I knew, um, what kind of time frame we were looking at for getting that door glass replaced, which is what it was, and told her that we, we could probably do in the next couple of days was the best route to go in terms of time frame. She calls back a third time, and I get a third representative, um, one of my other team members. And we'd been going through calls in terms of recordings that day, just really scoring our calls and trying to get better in terms of our, um, our role in, in our company. Um, and so he, he put the call on speakerphone just so that I could listen in. And she proceeds, the same woman that I had talked to not 10 minutes earlier, to tell him that she had already scheduled an appointment for the next day. Was on the schedule. She didn't remember who she talked to, but she was absolutely on. And so that that's the most really nascent, prescient example that I've seen or really experienced where customers lie, right? Um, or, or even, not even so much that, not as dark as that, but right they they mishear they misinterpret they just you know they expand on things that they heard and assume that it is one thing right assuming is a big part of that um can you expand on that just a little bit jim yeah very good and you know and, and i think you hit it on that it's all it's like the telephone game you know we all have spouses people in our lives it, things get lost in between two it's not always malicious but it does happen and there's nothing worse than being a manager having to go to go hunting and pecking and put on your sherlock holmes hat while customers screaming at you that just sucks so to be able to go into a program and see all the communication that customers had in their ticket is the best thing. That's a reason why doctors put all the communication into your chart at a hospital so that you don't mess it up. Uh, I also have something really cool. So for six months, when I ran one of my stores back in the about uh, six years ago, before we had this kind of communication, we were just starting to email people. But I put up a bounty of a hundred bucks 
that if anybody had a customer call and complain that they that they had followed up too much and checked in too much, that I would give them that hundred dollars. And it sat there for about six months till the first customer called and said, you know, I think it was a little too much on the sales side. And I said, you know, ma'am, I would just rather us over communicate than under because that's such a very common thing in our industry. She's like, I respect that. It wasn't even upset. Six months though, thousands of customers. So in your shop, ask yourself, do you, are you actually communicating enough with your customers and are you organizing it? I think we just mentally equate that to being salespeople, right? We don't want to be hounded. Most people just don't like the whole salesman mentality, right? You go to a car dealership, you have somebody come out and ask you what you want immediately. A lot of people don't know, right? So we think we equate those things to our own experiences instead of allowing the customer or the person to have their own experience, right? Um, I mean, in terms of that, how who's going to say they've been over communicated with right I've, I've received too many messages and if they do how hard is it to apologize and just scale that back a little bit absolutely and there, i think you hit something on the head that sales is really just great customer service great customer service is caring about others more than yourself if you care about people you check in on them if you have a friend you don't hear from for a while you check in see how they're doing why is it that we treat our customers sometimes like strangers when you really want them to be a friend so they continue to buy from you all great points today the five things um, Caleb really knocked it out of the park on these main topics. Um, uh, just a review, we, we hit virtual service requests, increased cash flow, tech productivity, you know, interactive estimates, automated follow-ups, and increased communication. Um, if any of those points are a struggle for you or you want to know more, please just reach out and email us. Go ahead and just email us, speaking of communication, at, in, at uh, todayintrades at bidclips.com. Chat us at bidclips.com. Call us or text us. <laughs> we also like to communicate with you. Thank you to BidClips. They make this all possible. Um, our goal at BidClips wouldn't be to sell you our product, but to help you find the best product for you. So it's a no pressure attempt. If you want to just get a tour, see the technologies that are provided at BidClips, we'd love to show you. Otherwise, I hope this podcast is just helpful overall. And lastly, um, I'm excited for some of our future stuff coming up. For those of you that don't know, Caleb is uh, runs a, an amazing team inside of a company called Service Station. And Service Station is a premier sales and service team that gets powered and uses Big Clips for customers as well. So if you have a need for people to answer your phones or sell jobs for you, reach out to us on that. This company is growing. It's exciting. We're on the leading edge of the future of service. And Today in Trades is here to talk about it. So if you have ideas for pod, future podcasts, if you have things you need that you would like us to address, this is for you, by you, the service industry. I'm Jim Evans. Thank you for another great episode, Today in Trades. Thank you.